Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm awfully glad to be here uh, for this beautiful day. It is Monday, and I love Mondays because it gets us back in the swing of our routines and our daily lives. I hope that we're excited about what's ahead this week, and I hope uh, if maybe you're getting back to your place of employment soon, and I know uh, many of us are are hoping and praying that we get a, a opportunity to get back to do our jobs and to do them uh, the way you used to do them. And hopefully we can start to resume what feels like more of a normal life. So in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, it says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. And I bet in this last uh, couple of months you have found ways to help people because that's the kind of people you are. All right. Patrick is my guest. He's up first, and then we're going to chat with him. And then uh, the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell will follow. That's hour one. Excited about that. So be right back. Hi, I'm Ted Ross, creative producer at Faith Radio. The great evangelist and author Henry Drummond once said, the most obvious lesson in Christ's teaching is that there is no happiness in having or getting anything, but only in giving. You, our dear listeners, have given greatly during our recent fundraiser event, and we want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Your generous gifts truly do keep the ministry going and helping us all know Christ better and make him known. Many blessings and much happiness to you now and in the days ahead. Hi, I'm Jim Daly with Focus on the Family. The coronavirus is changing how we live, work, and connect with others. It's also affecting family finances as businesses close or reduce hours to lower the health risk. As changes in the workplace affect your family, don't hoard supplies or panic about the news of the day. Meet with your spouse without pointing fingers and work on a plan to cut expenses and create income. And finally, remember the needs of others. Together, we'll get through this. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to the show. So glad to chat with my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, Patrick Albanese. Patrick, welcome. Thank you. You know, and and I got to stop you right away because I've been... I've been meaning to do this <laughs> for weeks now, and then I we we get right into it, and then and I go, oh, I missed my opportunity. But I have been wanting to compliment you on having me for a friend. I have. <laughs> <laughs> You're so welcome. Like no, I actually wanted to compliment you. I just I love that guitar solo part from Lindsey Buckingham that you have oh, as the, that top of the hour music, top of the show, top yeah. of the week. It's so pretty. It's a happy little uh, tune, for sure. Yeah, it just it, it, every time I hear it, I say, gosh, I'm in a better mood. Yeah, so thank yeah. you for that. Oh, you're welcome. And as a friend, yes. Yeah. I think that's another good move. Speaking yes. of friends, uh, it's yeah. been awfully uh, ex- you know, happy around here with our spring share, which was unprecedented. I don't like that word very often, but I will use it in this occasion that the giving was uh, unbelievable. And, you know, 
the country's concerned about finances, but I honestly believe Faith Radio listeners are willing to do whatever. They're going to make sacrifices constantly. Their well, generosity you know, is going to pour out, and it did. Yeah, it, yeah but I also saw an article uh, in, in uh, somewhere, <laughs> how about that, somewhere, that was saying that uh, savings accounts have grown uh, even though people are out of work, uh, th- th- those that are working and even you know with the unemployment, people aren't weren't out about spending, and so their savings accounts were starting to grow a little bit mm. and a little bit extra money. And I think uh, I know that I have um, run into a couple of situations where I was like, gosh, I think I'll throw a couple of dollars that way where normally it wouldn't be in the budget. But when you take all that dining out, that's true. Out of the- and uh, you know the movies, and I mean, going to the movies for a family of four these days uh, can run up quite the bill. Yeah, you know, you can spend a hundred dollars before you know it, and suddenly you say, "Well, here's a hundred dollars I did not spend. Let me give it to Faith Radio." And I think a lot of people did that. It's pretty cool. Well, it's I'm not never surprised by the generosity of the people that listen and support Faith Radio because um, rain or shine, they give, and it's just it's incredible. So yeah. I've been gushing for a couple of weeks now, so I'm going to continue uh, just because I like doing it. Yes. You got to slow down the gushing before the, you know, when you get to the fall share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let up a couple of weeks before fall share starts. Right. Then you can refresh a bit and then you can re-gush later. You yeah. Know, because I think you're, like you say, your listeners are, they're so generous. It's, right. it's really great. And, and you know, the country's things are changing a bit. I mean, I think we're entering these, what do they have, all these phases to reopen? Mm-hmm. Um, I started the phase today where you touch your face a couple of times. It was really strange. That's you know? exciting. Yeah. But you washed your hands first, of course. I sure did. Yeah. All right. It's safe to say that you and I grew up with a little Leave it to Beaver? Yes, we did. Well. And an off lot. Yep. And, and you broke the news to me, so... Break it to the listeners. Now, Ken Osmond. So Ed, Eddie Haskell uh, died today. Uh, 76. And that's another thing just to fathom that Eddie Haskell is 76. <laughs> that's, that's, hard to, that's hard to fathom. I was also thinking of something unusual about Eddie Haskell. You remember, you know, back then in the, in the, in the olden days when the world was an entirely different place, Eddie Haskell was a rebel. I mean, he was, he was the bad guy. He was a bad boy. And your parents would be like, don't grow up to be like Eddie Haskell. <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? You know, but he was always so polite to, to the to the to the Cleaver clan. He right. was always to them. And um uh yeah, but he was just a bit of a troublemaker. And then you think to yourself, hang on a second. Uh he's an angel by today's standards yeah. in television. You know, what did he do? He's like, we're gonna ring somebody's doorbell and we're gonna run away. It's gonna be unbelievable. <laughs> Your parents are like that kid. Don't be like that kid. Yeah, yeah, that that's a, a really good point. Uh, Eddie was the troublemaker, yet he had these incredible manners. However phony they might have been, he still could deliver them. Yeah, he was. He, what a, what a perfect character when you think about it. He was just polite where he needed to be, and uh, if anything, that's probably what kids learn. It's like always be nice to your friend's parents. <laughs> I don't yeah. guess. Yeah, but it's polite. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, so as people start to relax some of the standards, I know that the face masks um, are not going to go away anytime soon. Are they are masks a sense of false security? Do people disinfect or use a new one every time they go out in public? You know, it's interesting. I, I read uh, an article. See, look at that. I've read two articles. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't tell me I'm not informed. <laughs> 
But uh, it, it was about a business that was asking people to not wear gloves, for instance, because they said well, what their observation was is that people with gloves, the gloves transfer germs as well, and they keep them off your hands. But people would be reusing gloves or disposing of them in the parking lot. So now the parking lot, and I've seen the masks and the gloves in the parking lot, and there's always a guy out there cleaning up the parking lot, which I find fascinating. But uh, that people, if they're reusing gloves, then it's not just the germs you had in that one store that you went to. It's every place you've been. You're transferring stuff all over the place, grabbing things that other people have grabbed. And the 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 takeaway was is that if you just washed your hands after every place you went, you would be better off than reusing gloves. And I wonder with the masks, because especially because they're hard to come by, if you don't dispose of them, right? Did they just become you're going well. It's a it's a sense of security, but is it real? I I wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, and people are pretty casual about them already. Yeah. Now you and I both like a Wheel of Fortune. Pat Sajak. He's a, a funny guy, and he's also very conservative. He brought up an interesting uh, point, talking about uh, the lockdown and when is businesses going to reopen. And he said this on his Twitter feed, when a disc jockey or a talk show host or a journalist who is being paid to work from his or her home tells people who can't work, pay bills or pay their rent or mortgage to stay home and be careful because we're all in this together. He said, it's okay to question the premise. Well, I agree for many reasons. A, as you know, I've been on Wheel of Fortune as a contestant. I did know that. Yes, I did. And uh, I was on the daytime version where you won ceramic animals. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've always, you know, anything Wheel of Fortune, I'm a fan of. But, you know, and, and, and I, not only do I agree with him, it's interesting. I, I saw a, a friend posting that uh, he was commenting on places, that restaurants and things that were opening. And he said, well, I used to own a restaurant. And I'm telling you, I'd rather go broke and lose everything than than risk having, you know, any one of my customers catch this disease. And I understood that. But I also happen to know that this guy is extremely well off. And so the difficulty, I think, is it's very hard to get into the mindset of other people. Very difficult. And you, you see people that are might be in an extremely desperate financial strait saying, I have to work. I have I, I, I don't know what else to do, and I, I may have to take this risk. You know, uh, have you ever seen that show, Ice Road Truck Drivers? <laughs> <laughs> you go, are you kidding me? You're yeah. going to drive that truck over? That, that's water. But you're just assuming that it's frozen solid enough? He's like, I've got to pay the bills. You go, I, I guess I can't get into the mindset that says that's something I might have to do. Yeah. Just think so of all the millions it, of small business owners, though, that uh, – they're forced to close their doors. They're not receiving any income whatsoever, and their bills are just piling up. Yeah, nobody's kind of giving them a pass on the the mortgages. And in fact, I was reading about somebody. That's three three articles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody in town here uh, that you know said I didn't get a reprieve on anything, and so you know the, basically I got a, an eviction notice from the landlord, and I don't even know who they're going to rent the space to, because who's leasing? business spaces right now. So it's, you might as well have, you know, kept me there without my rent money coming in and give me the opportunity to maybe catch up on it later when things reopen. But instead, here's your eviction notice. So, uh, you know, with all the good intentions that people are trying to put out there, uh, somebody saying, yep, you're not paying the bills, you know, got to go. Yeah. Never in Uh, my, in my life did I think 
that working people would one day be told uh, not to work and support your family? Yes. Yeah. Stay home and don't support your family. And don't work. Yeah. Let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll uh, take a little break. Patrick, we'll be back with more. Patrick Albanese is, of course, my guest. It's Monday. We'll be right back. Patrick Albanese is my guest, and Patrick, you and I like amusing things, don't we? Uh, yeah, for a second I thought I was in the Golden Horseshoe Saloon at Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do like amusing things, yes. Yeah, and you uh, know, sometimes the dumber the better, right? Yes. So um, these thieves uh, in Virginia wore watermelons on their heads as a disguise. It's a disguise? <laughs> I thought the whole point behind burglarizing is not to draw attention to yourself. <laughs> let's, let's hope they don't have one of those ring doorbells here. <laughs> we get a picture of us looking this silly. Yeah. Oh, that's a, yeah, I would have, a cassava melon, yes, but a watermelon. But a watermelon, what were you thinking? What are they thinking? You know, now, here's a, 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 a little tidbit on the coronavirus. Did you know that you lose your sense of taste. I did hear that. It can be uh, taste and smell. You can lose it uh, temporarily. Well, uh, so a friend of mine did have coronavirus, and uh, I can state for a fact he lost his sense of taste. He, he now listens to Britney Spears music. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I could have seen that one coming. You should have seen that one coming. Yeah. I did uh, it up and, uh, yeah. Do you, wow, have, that, do, you so, have, yeah. do you have any albums you're afraid to admit you own? I, well, I, I no longer own them. Okay. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I no longer have the William Shatner Sings the Blues. <laughs> you know, do you, you've, when you think about it, Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner both made horrible... What were they albums. thinking? I have no idea. It's like, you know what makes sense to me? Let me see if I can parlay this <laughs> sci-fi television show into a singing career. <laughs> Next thing you know, some guy who's like on Baywatch Beach. Oh, wait, he did. David Hasselhoff did. <laughs> he did parlay it into a, it was a big singing career. Do you ever have like, a, have you ever bought an item, say like a bag of coffee? Uh, you say, oh, it's a new brand. Or, or here's one on sale that I've ne never tried before. And then you bring it home and you try a pot of it or a cup of it. And you say, I, you know what? I really don't like that. I don't like it at all. But you don't throw it away. You keep it and you stick it in the cupboard for who knows how long. What are we waiting for? Are we waiting for relatives to come over and somebody says, can I have a cup of coffee? You're like, yeah, I got just this stuff. I would say I've got at least two bags in my cupboard like that right now. See, I have uh, one. I'm down to one. Okay. This looks like an exotic blend. This will be good. One pot? Uh-uh. Never drinking this again. Can't throw it away, though. That'd be wasteful. Right. And you say, well, I'll save it for an emergency for me, but you would never find yourself in that emergency situation ever. <laughs> Have you ever found yourself where you're we actually out of coffee? It's never happened. No, never has. So that lonely bag sits and you know it's not getting better with age. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to know, I'm just asking for the listener out there, who are we saving those things for? I know. It's, uh, 
we have funny little quirky habits. I mean, there that, that's kind of stuff. I've had a lot of listeners have got stuff that they won't throw out because for some reason it's like, well, I paid eight dollars for this. I'm not going to just throw it away. But then it sits yeah. there in the cupboard for a couple of years. I don't like it at all. I will never like it. I will never grow to like it, and it will not get better tasting as it sits there. Yeah, I got a jar of pickles. I thought were going to be good, and they weren't. But they're still in there. I've oh, had a couple. <laughs> That's, you know, those things are going to get big enough where you could put them on your head and use them as a disguise for an armed robbery. <laughs> that would be against the law. I would not do that. that would be, I know you wouldn't, but that's the watermelon guys. That might be what happened. They had some watermelon in the fridge and they're going, what are we going to do with these? I don't know. Put it on your head. Let's go hold up a bank. Um, <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. I, well, Silly, but it's it's. I think the stress because I I can see it with a lot of people, and and I think we need a lot more levity uh, with the. I I've decided that I think we'll know that the coronavirus has passed, that the threat has passed when we see toilet paper hanging from trees during graduation week again. You know the good old days. Though the good old days where you say toilet paper is plentiful and the kids are out and about and they're having graduation ceremonies, that will be a sign that everything is returned back. Mm-hmm. You know. So that's a ways off, though. Yeah. You had an interesting uh, phone call the other night uh, from a guy that you did a little bit of work with. Uh, and I think he called you randomly. But, boy, talk about, uh, I mean, without using names, just how uh, much trouble people are in right now. So it was it was the strangest thing. Uh, the phone rings, and I don't recognize the number. And normally I, I don't answer. But, uh, you know, these days I'll talk to anybody, right? <laughs> And it was probably nine o'clock on a Sunday night. And I thought, well, it's it's not a telephone solicitor calling me at nine o'clock on a Sunday night. So this, my caller ID just didn't pick up who it was. And I, this person is obviously under the influence of something and they sound very sad. And they're like, hello. And I said, hello. And uh, they said, who's this? I said, well, you called me. You should know who this is. Who is this? And he mentions the name. And I said, oh, hey, how are you? Uh, he says, you're not, are you the hotline? I said, I, I am not the hotline. I am not the hotline. He says, well, why did I call you? And I, I said, you know, I don't know, but, um, you know, I know you. And he said, uh, who, who, you know, so I tell him my name and he says, okay, I, well, how do I know you? Who are you? Why do I have your phone number? And I said, well, you asked for it about six, eight months ago. I had done some work for you when you worked for another company a couple of years ago and you had started off on your own. And you asked for my number in case you needed work from me. He's like, okay. And he starts to cry. I said, is everything all right? And he says, well, no, everything's great. And he's just as weepy as can be. And uh, I said, how's business? He says, it's really bad. I have nothing. And uh, we chit chat back and forth. And he says, I got to go. And he hangs up on me. And I and I, I didn't know what to do from that point because I thought, you know, obviously this guy's just looking for somebody to talk to and either randomly called me, meant to call me, thought I was a hotline, and I got a little mm. bit nervous. Yeah, no kidding. So I reached out to a mutual friend saying, can you just check in and see if he's okay? Because I don't know if he's going to want to call from me. I think he accidentally called me. But uh, that was just somebody sitting home on a Sunday night uh, – and it felt like in the depths of some kind of depression because, you know, he just started his own business six months ago mm -hmm. and eight, maybe eight months ago. And all of a sudden somebody said, you're done. You're out of business for mm -hmm. a while. Yeah. And I don't know if you felt uh, uncomfortable le leaving out a another component of that 
conversation. I'll, I'm reading, speaking between the lines right now, if you want to add that in or not. Uh, he was inebriated. Okay. He was definitely drunk. And uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know, you know, I've occasionally had people reach out to me because they know that uh, when it comes to the recovery community, I have, um, let's just say, uh, some experience with uh, assisting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, you do. Some assisting. Yeah. And so I thought I'd, I had, would have had no idea how he would know that. It just seemed too coincidental that somebody that was in that bad a shape thought to call me or accidentally called me. I mean, maybe just a complete, you know, God thing. I, you know, I don't often like to say you know, the, the kind of stuff like God told me what socks to wear today. I, I don't like to speak on God's behalf, I'm, but I'm very good forensic scientist when I can look backwards and say, I think that was God at work. Mm-hmm. Don't see it coming, but I see it in the rearview mirror. Yeah. I don't. I don't think there's. I don't think anything's inconsequential in God's economy. I mean that 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 call was uh, intended for somebody else, but He got you, and you were gentle and kind with Him, and followed up with Him. And I think that's an incredible God moment. And I answered. Not. Oh, I know. You know, normally, you know, it's. I mean, I, I just normally an, an unknown number at nine o'clock on a Sunday night. I go, eh, you know, this should only be family and friends calling me about this time. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, uh, just, I thought, well, I'm going to answer. Yeah. I'm going to answer to who the heck this is. Uh, this is a kind of a surprise call, but turned out to be, I think the right thing to do, but I have not heard back from our mutual friends. So I'm, I'm not up on, um, where that has gone. Mm-hmm. And then what are your plans, uh, for your very big church in Des Moines opening up? Cause you, you have a huge church. Yes, we do. And I, I they're going to do it in phases, of course. Uh, so I don't know, uh, but I this is just my gut feeling, which has been wrong as many times as it's been right, that I think people are just itching to get back in there. Yes, they and are. And if, if you say, you know, okay, uh, it's a big sanctuary. If everybody wears a mask, you can fill this place, it'll fill. Uh, you know, some people might take a few weeks to ease into it. I don't know, but I think people really want to go. And my church has been doing such a wonderful job of doing online service. It's, it's been, I've been so proud that, uh, it's like, they didn't miss a beat. They said, just move into this phase and make sure people stay engaged because they need God now more than ever. Mm. And so, uh, be there for them. Just however you have to be there for them, be there for them. And so that's been really nice. I'm real curious as to the number of, of people viewing your services online. I bet the number is quite significant. I, I thought one day they had mentioned that 30,000 people were watching wow. at, at one particular time. So phenomenal. Uh, I, it is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of people. Yeah, I thought that happened soon. I can't wait to get back in there and just be around people again. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to, it's nice to actually spend some time with people. We social distance with neighbors. Uh, you know, it's not yelling from window to window like Eddie Haskell used to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, it, it's there's just, the banjo music, Patrick. Got a banjo music, thought? hey. Yes, I do. Celebrating my daughter's uh, coming up. She's turning 11 in a couple of days. We're pretty excited about it. We just want to know, can we get through singing happy birthday without doing a hand-washing motion? <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. Thanks a lot. Have a great day. You too, thanks. All right. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. We'll take a little break when we come back. Mid-afternoon mix with Miles Arnold Maxwell. On Faith Radio.
All right, we are back with the Monday Afternoon Mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. David Miles, how are you? I'm doing well, Bill Arnold. How are you doing? Good. You're getting closer to the microphone, which makes me happier. Oh, sweet. Yeah, yeah. Pretty soon we get to be in studio. Yes. Bring it on. And uh, Rebecca, how are you doing? Doing well, thanks. How are you? Uh, You know me. We've already talked. I know. Yeah. But they might not want to know. Well, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. And so we're all good, right? Yes. Okay. It's a good place to start. Yeah. So, David, you got a little bit of uh, celebratory news for us. Let's hear it. Oh, very cool. I just want to thank the... uh, listening audience for praying for a friend of ours who's been staying with us you guys had heard the story of the young man who broke both arms and just just really need how god's been working in his life well last night he made a decision to accept christ in his life mm-hmm. and uh he'd like to be baptized soon Woo-hoo! as he says so that's really 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 cool and and super excited for him absolutely and tell us how yeah. it, tell it all tell us how it all went down. Oh, it was like really really sweet because he'd been wanting to talk about baptism, and um, you know as you know we we had uh, talked with him, had prayed, walked through Romans um, six twenty three for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, and had talked through that. Actually, backing up a little bit more, um, you know, as we were doing our COVID. And doing online services for Good Friday, we took communion, and we had a period of time of preparing for communion, and so just kind of a time of explaining what communion was, and about having a relationship with Christ, and it's a celebratory meal of remembering Him and what He's done, and just had asked Him, had you ever asked Christ to be in charge of your life? And He said, no, not at that time, but He said, I'm close, and so then had a time of just walking through the gospel, sitting out in the backyard, and, um, and you know, it made sense. It was amazing, but he still had some questions. So last night as we were walking through a document, just walking through something on baptism and what it is, and I just kind of asked him, I said, you know, you know, being from England and kind of some of the things that you shared with me about church and there, and about, I said, what do you understand baptism to be? And he goes, well, it's about when a person makes a public expression of their commitment with Christ. You know, and so we talked a little bit, he unpacked a little bit more of that. And then I just asked him, and I said, is that something you've done? He said, no. I said, is that something you want to do? And he said, yes. <laughs> I love it. And it's so very cool. And what's even super cool about it is just this is something, as he said to me earlier when he first asked about baptism, it was that the Lord had been working on his heart in this very thing. And the other thing that he had shared last night um, with me is just how and this is important for our listening audience and for all of us to remember, there were a number of people who God had used in his life along the journey. And, you know, he shared about just this last semester and year that it became something more and more they just felt God was speaking to him and that he found himself praying more and, and wanting to have a relationship with them and that one of his former uh, soccer players that he played with who was also from England actually spent time walking taking him through some discipleship material and so there are just many different ways and different things that God was using um, in this young man's life and so we're super excited for him and I have one prayer request for the listening audience if you would pray for his girlfriend Kenzie 
who just returned from being in a southeastern part of the states and just pray for God to be at work in her heart uh, as well. So we will do that for sure. Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about prayer lately because I've been trying to do more of it than ever before. And one of the questions that came up in my Bible study on Friday was talking about proper and improper motives when it comes to our own prayer life. You have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, prayer is one of the things that we sometimes, none of us feel like we've arrived on it. Um, You know, it's our relationship with the Lord. And the first thing, even before talking about prayer, is saying, God, thank you. Thank you, first of all, uh, that you provided a means for us even to have a relationship or communication with you through Jesus. And that that's been made possible. I mean, all the things that went into restoring a right relationship with us, with God that Christ accomplished on the cross is huge to even come to the subject of prayer. Um, but, you know, sometimes with prayer, you know, Jesus says in Matthew, uh, ask, um, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you'll find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who receives and the one who seeks finds, or excuse me, for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be open. And one of the struggles sometimes is that we will think that prayer, that God needs to do everything that we've asked him to do. And, and so sometimes when God does not show up in the ways that we may think that he should show up, that can be a struggle. And sometimes when we're praying, we're asking for things that are really more about furthering our own kingdom and self than it is about furthering his kingdom. That's a, a great insight, David. And I think going along with that, it reminds me of the passage in James where it talks about how we have not because we don't ask. But then it says, and then when you do ask, you don't ask in faith. And I think that can be a tricky thing sometimes if our faith is not just, well, I'm asking for it, so God's going to give it to me. But it's understanding that God's sovereignty is working at work in our prayers, and we're partnering with God in that aspect like he asks us to, but part of that faith is knowing God's going to do what is right in his timing and that we have to trust in that. Yeah, Rebecca, and you're, you're very right on that. I mean, going back earlier to the Sermon on my Mount, we talked about this a little bit, about seek first, uh, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness is a, is a key part that helps us. Because when you note it, James 4, Rebecca, there's an interesting word that says, you know, you know, you have not because you ask not. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. And then it says to spend it on your passions. Mm-hmm. And so that's a really interesting key phrase because how much of the things that we're asking, and, and here's the thing, God cares about every small jot and tittle uh, of our lives. Um and James is right here. It's interesting that he would say that when you ask, you're really asking to spend it on your passions. And, and as parents and as uncles and aunties and grandparents, you know, and those who have worked with kids, we know that every child's passion is not necessarily a good thing for them, both short-term and long-term. So, David, I was just thinking of some passages in Scripture that 
uh, I would be praying with proper motives. And, of course, I think of Matthew five forty four. but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. When you think of enemies, do you think of a, a particular person, or do you think of the uh, people that oppose the gospel and the cross? Hmm. That's, that's a really, it's a really good question, because I think... Um, we may feel at times we have people who are, are opposing us and they might not be opposing the gospel. So we, we kind of feel that. But I, when I think of enemies, and I think one of the other writers said, you know, I write these to shame that there are those who are even enemies of the cross. So there are people who are enemies of the cross um, and they feel like they're enemies who are persecuting. And then there's people who actually literally just feel like enemies. Uh, it, there's a, a little funny antidote that says... Uh, one night there was a family um, eating at the table and their daughter had um, placed, they had placed their daughter in the corner to eat because she was, you know, had been misbehaving and that's how they went about it. And, and they weren't paying any attention to her until they heard her say, Lord, I thank you because you prepare the table before me in the presence of my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I'd say if I'm understanding what you're asking, Bill, Rightly, I think sometimes there's both and, you know, um, but definitely there are those who are enemies of the cross, who are enemies of God's, um, God's authority and agenda. So mm-hmm. am, I, am I on to what you're asking? Bill? I think so, because if someone opposes you, David Miles, then they might do it because you're one of those born-again Christian types who are hypocrites and, you know, all that stuff. They start... Uh, persecuting you because they're outside of God's family and they're lost. So they can only see through that lens and they would be opposed to you and your mission in life. And I would think that this passage in part is saying that we need to pray for them, people who are our enemies, because I don't know if I, I don't think I have an enemy. You know, it might be the guy that cut you off in traffic and you go, you're my enemy for the next, you know, 30 seconds. But, you know, who are your enemies? And do you, go, right. do, you, do you lay your head on the pillow at night going, well, I just need to review my enemies? Well, yeah, I think, you know, us praying for our enemies is biblical and God asks us to do, do so. And, um, you know, sometimes we are being persecuted for the gospel and we need to be mindful when we're being persecuted for the gospel. And sometimes when we're being persecuted for our preferences, that mm-hmm. we have elevated to the level of the gospel. You know, and so like I'm eclectic. I love all sorts of music. I love hymns that are so very rich and powerful. And um, I believe it was uh, uh, Matt O'Brien in the book reading scripture from Western Eyes. I might not have his first name correct, but he he talks about uh, a part of his book, and he says there was a, a professor at a Christian school that was with a group of international students. And as he was talking to him, he's asking them, "Well, do you know this hymn? And do you know this hymn? And do you know this hymn?" And they didn't know those hymns. And he concluded, well, you know, that's what's wrong with this generation. You guys have lost the gospel. And it was like, well, have they lost the gospel? Because they didn't know what at that time was bar music Mm. that had Christian lyrics added to it. Have they lost the gospel because they didn't understand all the hymns from that? And so... You know, and he could feel like if the students are saying, well, no, that, that's not right. Like, well, you're persecuting me. Well, is that really persecuting? But if it's really like you follow Christ um, in the ways that one of my, my seminary 
um, advisory group members who was from Russia, and he he shared about um, you know David when we would do baptism and, and when we did things. He goes, we experienced persecution, and the conversation actually came about with this this man Vitali because they had asked him, Vitali, where's been one of the most difficult places for you to live your faith? And he thought for a moment. He said, here, here in the northern suburbs of Chicago at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, by Bannockburg, by Lake Forest, where homes were an average of a million dollars. He said, this is the most difficult place because I have everything that I need. He goes, see, when you're going through persecution, there is a sweet joy. And we knew that we were being persecuted because we were following Christ. And so, and that does lead us. We should pray for those who are persecuting us. And we should pray for the person who cuts us off in traffic, versus giving them kind of that middle finger salute. Mm-hmm. All right. Another thing we should pray for in Luke 10, uh, verse 2, it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. That's a pretty proper prayer. You know, we should be praying all the time. Yeah. Rebecca, as you read that and hear Bill say that, what comes to mind for you? Um, well, I can see it's so visual that you can see those har- anyone in the Midwest has seen when it's ready for harvest time. You can see the fields getting, you know, growing fields of corn or wheat. And when it's ready to harvest, there's nothing more satisfying than seeing the tractor come along and seeing the harvest taking place. There's something very satisfying about knowing it is the season. It is the time. So I guess what I'm thinking about is the it's an invitation. It says, look, the fields are ready we need more help. Are you ready to help? Because mm-hmm. it's ready. Work is ready it's for you. It's a beautiful you. field, There's isn't it? There's a place for you. We mm-hmm. want you. We need you. And that's an invitation from God himself to go out and say, this, this is your work. Are you ready? Because I've got, I, I've got a place for you. I want you to be part of this work with me. I need you. That's good. That's real good. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, lots more of the Monday afternoon mix with Miles Arnold and Maxwell. We'll be right back. Back with the Monday afternoon mix. Miles Arnold and Maxwell using my jazz DJ voice right That's now. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, David, let's move on to another uh, very proper prayer, which would come out of Matthew 26, verse 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pretty proper prayer. You should pray every day. Yeah, I think prayer, uh, you know, I remember one of the guys I went to college with used to, used to laugh and say, you know, uh, the word was like bread. And, you know, we'd ask each other, how are you doing today? It's like, well, eat your bread or you'll be dead, you know, because you need to eat, you need sustenance. <laughs> yeah. And then the question was about prayer. And prayer is like breathing, you know, so like how long can you hold your breath? And so the, but in the same way, we need to be, you know, praying with the Lord. And, and sometimes we have these images in our mind of what prayer is. So we think of praying John Hyde, who was an old Puritan who had this incredible prayer life and wore grooves into his floorboard. And yeah. And then there's those who will pray as they're walking, you know, and there are people who 
who, you know, as, as Nehemiah did, they shot up prayers, just like when he was before the king. And it says, you know, and I, and I prayed to the Lord, and it was literally in that second. But just having an, an ongoing, growing relationship um, with the Lord is, is the thing that he desires for us. Matter of fact, a beautiful book on this is by Calvin Miller. It's called the, the book is called The Table of Inwardness. And it simply just says that Christ is at a table and he invites us to come and to commune with him, to have fellowship with him, and that it's a rich table. I like that. All right, here's another prayer, which we should consider just a proper biblical, biblically-based prayer. comes out of Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, and pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. So we should Love this passage. Pray that uh, we'll have an open door. We pray, I pray that every day, that, that this radio show will open a door for the message to get in to somebody. Well, that's actually the prayer that I'd sent out to people on, on my prayer team um, when, when Jake first came and started living with us. And, and some of the things that came to mind is that actually praying that, that God would open up a door um, for the gospel. And, and, you know, one of the things that's so interesting about that section of, of uh, Colossians 4, it's like devote yourself to prayer. Uh, it literally has the idea like, you know, sometimes like there's a dog who's fixated on its owner and it's just like so intensely, it, there's a devotion to that. And one of the things is that God desires for us to engage in intercession and he wants us to be watchful, to literally be awake, to to look around and and know that this world is not our home, but just literally to just be awake, intense paying attention to it. And I love how that passage says to be watchful and thankful. Um, there's something beautiful about an attitude of thankfulness right. you know, and us engaging in that. And that's one of the things that's rich about the Lord's Supper, because every time we come to the Lord's Supper, it's an opportunity to engage in thankfulness for what Christ has done, what Christ is currently doing, and what he will be doing in the future. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh... Rebecca and David, here's another great passage, proper way to pray. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you. I like that a lot. Pray that the word will be spread rapidly and be honored. Me too. I love that. Okay, That's good. <laughs> You're not that alone. Second Thess- <laughs> Second Thessalonians, which passage again? Chapter 3, verse 1. Ah, yes. You know, it's kind of funny about the word being spread, and earlier you were talking about um, just that the harvest is plentiful. Uh-huh. One of the things that I love in our listening audience and where we're from, and I'm from, I'm from North Dakota, it's important to realize how God wants to use different things and different styles. Because you know, my wife is from the lovely community of Cullum Southern North Dakota. And, and, and there's, it'll come time for harvest. And here's the reality. Some of you might like Case IH. Some of you might like John Deere. Some of you might like New Holland. And some of you might like Steiger. But at the end of the day, the goal is to get in the harvest. And that's an important reminder for us in the body. That God may have different flavors and different ways of things, but the goal is that God is glorified for us in bringing 
out and bringing in the harvest and allowing the word to speed ahead mm -hmm. and for it to be honored because he's promised that the word will not return for it. All right, here's another proper prayer. James chapter 5, verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. And there's plenty of people in trouble right now. That's true. And I, I really appreciate the the benefit of the prayers and the singing together personally, because I think that some of the most powerful prayers are Psalms for me. And, and I often go to the book of Psalms and I know it's, it pairs singing with being happy, but you can also have some really powerful prayers in the moments of despair even, or, or hopelessness or feeling like, I don't know what's going on, Lord. And those are also songs and those are in the Bible. And so I just recognizing that and, and the practice of praying that scripture when I feel like I'm caught up in my own feelings and I don't know that I'm being coherent in any way. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you've promised that, you know, the Holy Spirit's going to step in and help act as a translator. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to your word and preach that word to myself and pray that word, your unchanging word over me and over my life and let that transform me. Because my feelings are a mess at this moment yeah. and I'm not going to be driven by them. I'm going to trust you and your word. And then that prayer is, I think, part of that transformative work is being transformed by the word. She's good. Amen. She is good. She's very good. I have my words stored up. You know that daily yes, allotment do. of words? I haven't used my words yet. <laughs> <laughs> so they're coming out now. But David, what do you think? Well, I think it's important, you know, uh, to come and bring others before the Lord and to pray over them and to know that God honors prayer. I think one of the places that we sometimes struggle is in the area of unanswered prayer or what I would say is our perceived unanswered prayer. You know, you've prayed mm -hmm. for a job, a spouse, a child, a financial situation, healing for friends or family members that didn't happen. And sometimes you're, you're inclined to say, what difference does it make? You feel like you're crying out to God and he isn't listening. But God does say, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. For as high as the heavens above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Because guys, at the end of the day, who of us would have thought of a cross for the savior and God of the universe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why scripture says that the unsinning, unerring angels long to look into the mystery of salvation, you know? And so sometimes, you know, we want to pray, God invites us to pray. Um, and then we feel like we've had unanswered prayer, but the other one too, sometimes is issues of control. And sometimes we will struggle with that and, and, you know, we feel like, you know, we want, we, we want him to do it just this way. And I remember like when my mom passed, you know, I was praying that God would heal my mom and believing that God would heal my mom uh, of her, her health issues. And the reality is that God did heal her. He gave her perfect healing and now has given her perfect joy. And so sometimes it's understanding that God's prayer to answers are yes, no, and not now. And, and that he's, he's, a, he's a good God. And we can go to Jesus with these things because we join his company because Jesus even said, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And, um, and I, I think of that because, you know, like this past Mother's Day, I really miss my mom. I really did. And, uh, 
you know, and, and even now I'm praying and, and grieving with my dear friend, Matthew St. John, whose mom just went home to be with the Lord, like right after Mother's Day, just like super quick. Like everything was fine one day and the next thing you know, she went home and passed with, mm, with the so Lord. So sorry. And so those things, they, 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 they rattle us. Um, and, they, and, they, and so, so people feel, you know, I'm not inclined to want to pray this, but I like what my, my uncle sang at my mom's funeral. And, and we'll sing this one day. And it's that song, by and by, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God get home, we'll tell the story of how we overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. Always nice to uh, be with you, David. And I love the team here. You've uh, enjoyed the, mo- the Monday afternoon mix with Arnold Ma- Maxwell and Miles. I, Not necessarily I in that order. I messed up the order. <laughs> I put myself first for once. Just what was hey, I thinking? Hey, that's great. You be first, though. Oh, no, I, I never want to be first. All right, David, thanks so much. Have a great day. I'll, I'll talk to you next Monday. Thanks, God. God bless. <laughs> God bless you. All right, that wraps up Hour 1. Hour 2 is going to be a complete blast. We've got uh, Dr. Doug Grouthouse joining us. Um, and he is uh, he owes me 93 more appearances on the show. Uh, and then Dr. Cal Beisner will be with me as well. It's going to be a great hour. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.